Well, hello there and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kevin McGloin, the Director of Liturgy and Youth Ministry here at St. Pat's. And I'm just plain old Father Eric, Kevin, no, pastor here at St. Patrick's no Catholic Community. No kidding, no kidding. Well, we're going to continue our series on the sacraments, and last time we checked, there were seven of them. So, But the one we're going to cover today, Father Eric, the Sacrament of Reconciliation. This is kind of a tough one for Catholics. You know, baptism, what I like, ba- confirmation, Eucharist, holy orders, marriage, anointing of the sick. Catholics have no problem with those six, but the sacrament of reconciliation, this is the one, I don't know about you, but in my experience, they seem to have the most trouble with. Yeah, for a lot of reasons, I think, Kevin, but isn't it interesting that for Jesus, mercy was really part of the, well, the heart of what he did in his ministry there, reaching out to those who were forgotten, ostracized, excluded from community, and who were seen as sinful. And just the offering the Father's mercy and giving countless examples of that and forgiving sins and something that is real joyful and beautiful and to be lost for Catholics because it sometimes can be a scary thing. But we're going to walk them through today, Kevin. We're going to give people some hope and some good excitement and and some good renewal understanding about this sacrament because it really is a good sacrament. You talk to a lot of priests, and I say for myself as well, it's probably my most favorite sacrament, the time where you really are just one-on-one with a person and offering that forgiveness and seeing people having heavy burdens lift off their hearts. Pretty good, Kevin. It's a pretty good sacrament. Yeah, it's an incredible sacrament. We hope to break it open today to help, you know, just people have a better understanding of it. So, you know, sin damages our relationship with God and neighbor. You know, of the numerous teachings and instructions of the Catholic Church, Father, I don't know about you, but in my, my experience, my ministry, none seems to cause more confusion among Catholics and also our, you know, our, our, our other Christian brothers and sisters than the misunderstanding of the sacrament of reconciliation. Many times you'll hear Catholics say, well, well, why do I have to go to a priest when I can just go to God? And, and in a sense you can, you know, they'll tell you, who does the priest think he is that he can forgive sins? You know, but if you look at sacred scripture, you go back to the time of Jesus, you know, Jesus, um, he caused some alarm among, among some people himself during the time, you know, people were like, uh, he claimed to have the ability to forgive sins, and people were like, uh, what's going on here? Take a look at the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 2, verses 5 through 7, and this is what it says. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there asking themselves, why does this man talk in that way? He commits blasphemy. Who can forgive sins except for God alone? So, Father Eric, even in the time of Jesus, he was dealing with this. Well, the people didn't realize Jesus was the Son of God. You know, he looked pretty plain and pretty normal, fully human, and that he had the authority to forgive sins because they believed that only God had the authority to do that. And yet Jesus passed this authority on to Peter, as we hear from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. It goes, you are the Messiah. Simon Peter answered, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. No mere man has revealed this to you, but my heavenly father. I, for my part, declare that you are rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and the jaws of death shall not prevail against it. I will entrust to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you declare bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you declare loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So the authority to forgive sin was given later to the apostles, as the Gospel of John states, on the evening of that first day of the week. And even though the disciples had locked the doors of the place they were for fear of the Jews, Jesus 
came and stood before them. Peace be with you, he said. And when he had said this, he showed him his hands and his side. And at the sight of the Lord, the disciples rejoiced. Peace be with you, he said again. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive sins, they are forgiven them. If you hold them bound, they're held bound. We want to be sure that we look at this sacrament in the beauty of it, that it's not about power and control over the sacraments, of saying the only way to be forgiven is to go through the priest. It is a beautiful sacrament of offering mercy, because the priest just sits there being the instrument of God's mercy. And part of that is going to a priest is, is that, you know, Kevin, I think it really helps to be honest to another person. I think so often we, if we only go only by itself, because we can go directly to the Lord, but if we never participate in the sacrament, which is important, we can kind of create Jesus in our own image. Jesus will understand if I shoplift from Circle K because they're a big company, they won't miss it. Jesus will understand if I'm not totally faithful to my spouse because I'm not happy, things aren't working right. Jesus will understand certain things. And we can kind of create that in our own image. And to be able to be honest, the word confess doesn't just mean blurting out that you confess you've done wrong. Confess means truths. I state what is true. So you, you'll hear the examples, the confessions of St. Augustine. It doesn't mean scandal and dirt. It really means that I'm stating what is true. And what do we say is true? We are sinners. But what is also true, God offers us forgiveness. And you know what's interesting is that the sacrament has several different dimensions to it, and it's called by different names, and each name represents a different component. So for example, it could be called the sacrament of conversion, the sacrament of penance, the sacrament of confession, the sacrament of forgiveness, and the sacrament of reconciliation, because this sacrament reconciles us with God and with the church. You know, we, we should note that sin ruptures our relationship with God, and it also ruptures our relationship with other members of the body of Christ, the church. I mean, we're, as St. Paul says, Father Eric, we are the body of Christ. We are the church. So we have to look at sin then as not just me, mm-hmm. it's just not an individual affair, yes. but sin damages our relationship with others. It damages our relationship with all of creation. Thus, sin is never just a purely individual affair, and it does have social dimensions to it. It's like, you know, when you throw a, a rock into a lake, you know, it has that wake effect or that wave effect, and mm-hmm. it goes out. The ripples. Yeah, sin works the same way. But I think, you know, a different way to look at sin is that sin can also manifest itself in unjust structures. A lot of times people just think it's just about me, but there can, sin can also manifest itself, like I said, in unjust structures. So collection, collective actions or failures to act of individuals can create structures of sin which um, grow stronger, they spread, and they become other sources of sin. So f- for example, Father Eric, um, widespread poverty, discrimination, basic denial of rights to people, mm-hmm. and violence result from people's actions or, or, in another sense, their failure to act. You know, they say there's sins of commission and sins of omission because maybe greed, racism, or selfishness or indifference has, has taken over. You know, I think Catholics really struggle with this understanding, Kevin, because it, they do personalize it. It's just, what have I done wrong? And they don't understand that it has effect on the, on the entire community as well, our relationship with God. You know, at St. Patrick's and some other parishes that have built the baptismal fonts, we have the two reconciliation chapels, or you can call them confessional 
Nationals, if you like. They're right next to the baptistry. And when you open the door, after you leave the Reconciliation Chapel, you open the door right to the baptistry. And one can go in and bless themselves with the water again of the holy water as a reminder that not only are you restored in right relationship with God, but also the community, because the community is damaged. And so the next part we've got to look at, Kevin, then, is how do we make an examination of conscience? We've got to go deeper, and that's a hard thing sometimes for Catholics to understand. We approach maybe, for example, the Ten Commandments, and we'll kind of go, well, I haven't killed anybody, so I must be doing fine. They take the path of minimalism, saying, well, I haven't seen, I haven't done anything wrong. I followed all the rules. And Jesus clearly shows us that he expects more what is called the Beatitudes, to go beyond just merely what's observant there, but to go much deeper, and that's a lot harder. I think it's sad that Christians are much more familiar with the Ten Commandments than they are the Beatitudes. Can't blame them because Beatitudes are pretty challenging. Both are important, but the Beatitudes take us way beyond. And so how do we examine our conscience then? How do we kind of sit there with God and really look at areas in our life? And, and Kevin, I think, I think part of it is to really be still with the Lord and maybe look at your relationships. I, I find it really helps in three areas. First of all, if you just look at your relationship with God, when, when Scripture says, I love God, or you've got to love God with all your mind, your heart, and your soul, well, how does that happen? Through Mass? Is it through prayer? Do you listen to God's word? Are you faithful to God? Do you honor his name? Do you honor uh, his presence? Do you trust him? Uh, the second part would be, how's your relationship with your neighbor? Is it right relationship? You know, do you honor them? Do you love them? Do you care for them? Do you not gossip about them? Do you, uh, you know, what ways do we sometimes judge people or see them as invisible? And third is, how do we love ourselves? God also wants us to love ourselves. So what steps do we take and being able to um, be sure that we do love ourselves. Because sometimes we're pretty hard on ourselves. We won't forgive ourselves. Or we don't take time to, to really give ourselves permission to re renew or, or nourish ourselves in our lives. So, Kevin, that would be my suggestion in, in doing what's called an examination of conscience. Keep it simple. Keep it simple, but look for things. Not just go for law and just say, well, I haven't broken anything. Because that really doesn't call people into a deeper discipleship. Well, you know, and it's not easy to go to confession because, you know, you have to face your sinfulness. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know about you, but um, I'd rather talk about how good I am than rather examining my transgressions. Yeah. But, you know, when you think about it, what a joy it is, what a joy it is to let go of that sinfulness in your life. So, Well, you know, Kevin, I think you hit it right in the head. People are afraid. And yet, w when I look at the and reflect on the prodigal son, that the son who asked the father for everything, and he says, you're pretty much dead to me, Dad. Give me all that's inherited to me. And so he runs away and embarrasses himself and the father. He kind of insults the father. And yet finally when he hits rock bottom, he's kind of fearful thinking about, will my father accept me back? Here, I'm just eating hardly anything. This is horrible. Um, I'm just going to tell my father, take me back as a slave. Don't take me as your own son. And he has to think about that. Am I going to be accepted or not? And what a beautiful thing when the father runs back to the son. We have to risk. We have to risk in knowing that the risk is all that we have to know the mercy of God. That we have to be honest with that. You will not tell the priest anything that he's going to be scandalized for. If anything, the priest who is also beset with sin can probably empathize and really know, say to themselves, I've been there. 
I know somewhat what you're going through, or it must be really difficult. So you're right. Fear, fear is really, really a scary thing. Always love uh, hearing uh, the reconciliation confessions of second graders. In fact, I have to do that tonight after we do this podcast here, Kevin, and, and it's kind of like being pelted by marshmallows, huh? Because they're just, <laughs> they're just kind of learning about how to do the sacrament all. But I always ask in the beginning, how many are making your first confession? And they all stand up, and I say, how many of you are scared? And most of them are, and then I have to ask the parents, is that true? And they go, they're all scared, because it really is scary. But to know that the only experience of the first confession is this, have a good experience. It's not remembering all their prayers and remembering all the sins or do everything properly and make the sign of the cross. Have a good experience. And when that happens, I think the kids will come back and hopefully the parents will. Yeah. Well, that's great. You know, and, and, and with, with the Sacrament of Reconciliation, we've got some incredible Catholic, good Catholic theology on that. Mm-hmm. Because with the sacrament, you know, people do wonder, well, wh- why do I need to go to a priest? But, you know, if you think about it, you look at the theology of the sacrament it was God's incon- incarnational way of relating to humanity. You know, Jesus is the Word made flesh, and the church acts as the body of Christ and forgives and reconciles. You know, the other good reason about going to confession, kind of as you said, Father, is that um, confession to a priest reminds the penitent of the social aspect of sin, mm-hmm. that sin does have that ripple effect, and the priest forgives on behalf of God and on behalf of the community. And then finally, what I think is a good point is that the priest can encourage, can give you spiritual advice and to say, hey, you know what? Okay, maybe you messed up here in your life here, but God is a good, God is a loving God, God is a forgiving God, and to encourage them, you know, that you can do it, I believe in you, more importantly, God believes in you, so, you know, you, you experience that healing in the sacrament of reconciliation, and you want to work on that as, that sinful aspect of your life. So the sacrament of, of penance, of reconciliation, allows us to, to receive the forgiveness of sins and be reconciled with God, mm-hmm. with self, with church, the church family, mm-hmm. and with the human family. And what it does is it restores our broken communion. So through penance, we return to right relationship with God and And Scripture and constantly talks about that. You know, Kevin, we've, we've given a lot of good theory to people, haven't we, today? A good, lot of theory, a lot good, of good theology, theology and all. So, are, are we done now? Uh, you know what? I think we need to be real practical tonight. Uh, what do you and mean And I by think that? we need to do is give an example to all our listeners out there how to actually go to confession. Okay, Kelly, our sound person. Kelly, I think she's all set... Oh, it's me. Huh? <laughs> it is you, Kevin. Oh, she doesn't have a microphone. Oh, great. Hey, you know, one, one important thing to talk about this sacrament, Kevin, is what's called the seal of confession. Huh? Yeah, what does that mean? You, I you know hear what? that, and yeah. Catholics aren't sure what that means. Well, what that says is that whatever is shared to the priest, the confessor, can never be revealed ever ever by the priest. And really, the the penitent, the person going to confession, should probably honor that as well through all possibilities, you know, to not, not to, they don't have to share that with anyone. A priest can never come up to you and say, hey, are you still dealing with those particular sins? He's not allowed to do that. The other thing is, is that even the government of the United States and the law cannot have the priest reveal what was said in, in confession. And so never can that be revealed. And that's been upheld even recently by court law as well. So it's the only place in the world that you can really go. If you go to a counselor, if you go to maybe to other clergy as well, uh, you know what, you might 
be able to, to get information like that. But when it comes to this confession, it can never, ever be revealed. So first of all, I hope people can have a trust. And priests take that very seriously as well. And the church does as well, that if any priest for any reason were to ever reveal that, um, you know, that, that, that is very serious and we don't do such things. So I think that's something we can have as a great comfort. Okay? And, pe- and people also have the option of going face-to-face to a priest that's or correct. they can still go behind the screen if they mm-hmm. want to re- remain anonymous. That, you know, is an option for the person, mm-hmm. however they want to do and, that. And, you know, I hope many of them, more and more, are going face-to-face because one of the things is you can use your body language, you can use your, your hands, your facial expressions to really give even more of a merciful way uh, to experience God's love. And, and either way is fine, because people have that option. Right. So, Kevin, let's go ahead and go through this a little bit. What you've done already, then, is maybe examination of conscience. Take time to do that. I don't think it's just good just to come up there or, or you know, just walk in and say, oh, it's time to go to confession. So, it's, so it's can I ask time. a practical point? Sure. So you're saying maybe then before someone comes actually comes into the reconciliation room mm-hmm. is to maybe sit in prayer either at home or beforehand in the church exactly. and to kind of... Think about the areas in their life where sin has hurt their relationship with God and with others. Yeah, and you know what? Here's my suggestion. Maybe other priests might tell you different, but here's what I find out. You don't have to come up with 50 things. Sometimes people have this devotion of going almost every week, which can be fine, but the thing is they have this long list that they'll never be able to work on those things. And we almost treat like God that we have to say everything perfectly, then he'll forgive. I think really concentrate on the sources of your sin because that's what you can work on. All your life is connected. So maybe if you're struggling with trust and you work on that, I think other areas of your life and the way you treat people and the way that you live your life and being charitable, being giving, being forgiving, I think all fits in together. So I think if you just come up with a few items, I think that's fine to do that. You can reflect on everything, but I think if you really focus on that really kind of helps me because I can never work on 50 things at once. But what I can do is maybe two to three things that I would say are sources of my sinfulness, things that really kind of affect me. So I would encourage people to do that and feel that they don't have to come up with a big laundry list. So th- so then I would come into the confessional or mm-hmm. the reconciliation room, and then I would just basically say, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It's Correct. been no, no matter how long. So let's say it's been two months since my last confession. Okay. And uh, this is... This is the areas in my life where where sin has entered into it, and exactly. this is this is what I'd like to 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 give over to, to God and to let uh-huh. go in the sacrament of reconciliation. And Kevin, give us some examples that go beyond just I haven't broken any rules or Catholic rules or church rules or you know uh, just rules itself. I mean, rules are helpful and all, but I think you really want to go. What's the source? What's the crux of things you really want to? So work maybe at? something like that I could confess would be anger, anger yes. towards some individuals that I've encountered. Exactly, that, that can be very destructive. Right. Kind of an unhealthy anger. Right. You know, a difference between an anger that is just that Jesus was angry. Right. But an anger that really robs people of dignity and respect. Right. Yeah, that's a good one, Kevin. Then another thing could be is a lack of trust, a lack of trusting God in, in my life and mm. allowing God to work in my life as well. And I think more people could, could really confess it. I think they get that rather than just some of the sins that they, you know, they forgot one thing or here and there. I mean, that's a real crux one of it to work on. How do we trust God more? And that, that affects a lot of areas in our life. Very good, Kevin. And another thing would be lack of charity um, mm-hmm. towards others, especially maybe those in need that maybe sometimes, you know, I know for myself, I'll see people who are homeless on the street corner and I get, you know, kind of maybe where that anger comes in is like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can pick yourself up. Just, 
you know, just go look for a job or go get yourself cleaned up. People are always hiring and stuff like that. Well, the Pope talks about indifference and what I call a harden of heart. But sometimes we just get so disillusioned that we think all types of people are lazy or all types of people don't want to work or they're just taking advantage of that. And we can become so hard-hearted and indifferent to people suffering. That's a that's a serious sin. And so that's a good thing to look at, Kevin. You know, increase our charity. And I think another thing would be like gossiping, especially, you know, talking about people. I know it's not the right thing to do, but I, I still s- seem to do it and still mm-hmm. seem to talk about people. So mm-hmm. that's probably an area in my life that I, I need to work on. And then I think probably finally, Father Eric, the last one is... Um, not respecting other people who maybe have different opinions of me mm, that I kind of yeah. put them down. And, mm-hmm. you know, part of it is I know I should just listen to what they have to say. I don't necessarily have to agree with them. Correct. But I think I can respect them. And I think part of sometimes in my life is that I um, I, I, uh, I, do, I don't respect. I may disagree, and then I don't respect as well. Oh, I so. think we struggle that as a country, demonizing yeah. people that right. don't think, and they're all bad and nothing good can come from out of that. Yeah, I think that is very much a social sin that we've got to all really look at. That's, we can do struggle with that. Kevin, those are really well thought out. Those are excellent, and people can kind of, kind of look around at, at, um, at other, other things to, to really confess. Um, I would encourage people not to be afraid to be truthful. Uh, and be and be honest. Um, I have to be honest, Kevin. I think priests can be just like doctors, can be lawyers and other people in terms of you might have a have a good experience and sometimes you may not. Uh, there are some great doctors that are, have good bedside matters that are very good that will answer a lot of questions, and other doctors that may not be as good. But you don't throw out the whole medical field. Same thing with lawyers. You need lawyers for law. You know, may you know may struggle with them and all. But w- when you need a lawyer, that they can be there for you, and they can do great service, or they cannot do great service. Right. And you don't say, "I don't need the law." And the same thing with with reconciliation. You might find a priest that's a great confessor because there are many out there, but you also might find priests that may not be their gift, and also maybe having a rough day and and just taken out, unfortunately. And that can happen. I think really try to find the priest that can be really helpful for you. And not be afraid to be honest because, again, he can never reveal that. So whatever is done is, is staying there. So I think making, you know, being honest, I think, would, would be very important. Now, the priest will either now or maybe after he gives you what's called the right of ab- the absolution, will give you what's called a penance. Penance is not a punishment. Or it isn't just simply saying, just say a few prayers and then go ahead and go. Penance is something that we do of the things we confess that can help work on that. And so maybe it might include if maybe we're judging people or gossiping about other people. Maybe we can think of ways, what can we do that would be helpful, either by praying for them, maybe saying affirming things. Maybe if we have confessed the sin of patience, the lack of patience, where we've maybe gone way overboard on that. How do you affirm people instead? How do you take acts that are positive, that are good? So penance isn't punishment, but are things that we do that help us of the things that we confess. And then the priest gives you absolution. Now, here's what you want to remember. You're forgiven for all your sins. You are whiter than snow is what the scriptures would say, or wider than any bleach that could make any garment, as scriptures would remind us as well. So in other words, you are forgiven for everything. And whether you happen to forget it and all, and you, and you walk out of the Reconciliation Chapel and it comes back to you days later, just say, Lord, you know I made a good confession. And, and know that the Lord forgives you and just say, you know I'm sorry. 
And, and that, that suffices as well. You don't have to run back and be legalistic. God doesn't need us to be legalistic. He's not that way. He's always knowing the heart. And so the, the priest will say the words of uh, absolution in, in forgiving the sins. And then the penitent, Kevin, that's you, would say what's called the act of contrition, right? Exactly. So, I mean, you could do it in, you could do it in, a, in a few ways. You know, you could just say basically in your own words, God, uh, Father, I'm really sorry for what I've done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know this is what, what I'm not called to do. And I, you know, I want to live my life in the love and mercy of God. Mm-hmm. You could do what's more of a formal active, uh, uh, active contrition as well. So something like, my God, I'm sorry for my sins with all my heart. In choosing to do wrong and failing to do good, I have sinned against you, whom I should love above all things. I firmly intend with your help to do penance, to sin no more, and to avoid whatever leads me to sin. Our Savior Jesus Christ suffered and died for us. In his name, my God, have mercy. And Kevin, here at St. Patrick's, either on our website, you can download what we have a nice card, how to go to confession with all the prayers and how to make an examination of conscience. Or when you come here, you'll see a big welcome sign next to the Reconciliation Chapel on Saturdays when we offer there. And that card is for you to take home with you and, and use that. So anyone that comes there will be able to follow right along and not be lost. I think the main thing is have a penitent heart. Be, be truly sorry for what you've done. Be open to God's mercy and, and trust in that process because it's a great sacrament. No, and that's good stuff that hopefully by us modeling this, people will feel comfortable with it and, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Father Eric, as the body of Christ, you know, we're challenged. Um, we also challenge one another to live lives of holiness, mm-hmm. of justice, and of love. And the church, the Catholic Church, is an instrument of conversion because what it does is it calls all of its members to love, it calls all of its members to reconciliation with God and neighbor. So we are called, as Catholics, as Christians, we're called to be forgivers. We're called to be peacemakers. And so having received the gift of forgiveness, then we are called to extend that same forgiveness of mercy to others. So we take up the task as members of the body of Christ of being instruments of reconciliation in our community and our world where we work for peace, justice, and love. Yeah, that's, I would agree with that, Kevin. You know what? It's been great being with you here, and it's a great sacrament, like you've said. And sometimes Catholics do struggle with it because they're fearful, they're not sure. Maybe they've had experiences in the, back, in the past that are very scary. But just remember, Jesus' main ministry is offering that mercy, that mercy of God, encountering wherever we're at. And Jesus purposely has his disciples to participate in that, his apostles, because part of that is that God is a God of humanity, meaning he knows where we encounter him in human events, at table, in listening, in the senses of knowing we're forgiven, and the heart. So God is not a God of distance up in heaven kind of waiting there. That's why these sacraments here are very much touching all our senses and all we are, and part of that is to know that we're forgiven. Sometimes people have the hardest part, Kevin, is forgiving themselves. Amen. You know, they may feel that they're forgiven. They'll hear the priest or the church preaching that and knowing that they receive absolution means a wiping away of all their sins, but sometimes we forget about it. Uh, The other day at Mass, we heard from the prophet Ezekiel in the Old Testament, and this is what he says. He says, everyone will be forgiven by God who turns away from their wrong behavior, their bad behavior, but God also forgets our sins. And so if it doesn't exist for God, it doesn't exist. 
That's something to remember about when we struggle in forgiving ourselves. That I find great comfort in that. Yeah, what a great, what a great scripture passage. Mm-hmm. So we want to thank you for joining us for this thank podcast you, on the Sacrament of Reconciliation, and we'll see you down the line on our podcasts for another topic on one of the sacraments. Thanks for listening, everyone.